What's up to all my listeners out there? My name is Lindsay and thank you so much for checking out the And One Podcast. I'm really excited to be back with you guys this week. Sorry we took a little one-week hiatus, but now we're back. And this week we have an awesome interview with Samantha Delph, who is the Director of Operations for 502 Circle, which is the NIL collective associated loosely with uh, University of Louisville. I'm really happy that I get to share this interview with you guys. It was really cool getting to go in depth on her sports journey and how it's a little bit different and unconventional from others. And we're going to get straight into it. So today we have Sam to talk all about her sports journey and to get into all the different things that she's worked on. And first, why don't you just give a quick intro about yourself for anybody that doesn't know you? Yeah, absolutely. So I currently live in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, My family's originally from kind of the Chicagoland area just outside, um, but we moved to Louisville when I was pretty young, so have always kind of called Louisville home. Um, So I currently work for 502 Circle, which is an NIL collective for UofL Athletics. Um, I live in Louisville with my husband and our dog Hector, who is a handful and keeps us busy. Um, But yeah, so that's a little bit about me. I've been in the sports world in some capacity for probably the last five-ish years. Um, So yeah. That's super cool. I can't wait to get into your job at 502 Circle because it's something like different from other people I've interviewed or like jobs I've heard about. But just to start, were you like a sports fan growing up, which made you want to work in sports? Yeah, so it's always funny when people ask me this question because the answer is kind of no. Um, I kind of found sports later on. Um, It was always kind of this like underlying things. Like I said, my family is originally from the Chicago area. So some of my like earliest memories growing up were going to Cubs games at Wrigley. And in hindsight, I don't think my mom took us because she was a sports fan. She took us just because it was like an easy thing to do on the weekends. But so that was kind of where like my love of it started a little bit and then I kind of fell off Um, and it really wasn't until probably my senior year of high school going into my freshman year of college that I really kind of started to fall in love with sports again. Um, And some of that was, you know, going to the University of Louisville. We were a big basketball school and so I kind of got ingrained into that basketball culture and a little bit into football as well. Um, So it was really something that I found kind of later in life. Um, I didn't always like grow up around a lot of sports. I didn't grow up in a big sports family. Um, So I kind of kind of came to love it later. So I do sometimes kind of feel like I'm like playing a little bit of catch up (laughs) with people who who have been, you know, kind of in that sports world for a really long time. But it's been fun. It's cool that I, you know, I feel like I kind of found it on my own. And I know that it's something that I really enjoy, not just something that I like grew up around. Yeah, that's really interesting. You mentioned that you went to the University of Louisville, and I found it interesting because I saw that you majored in criminal justice for your bachelor's, and then you got your master's right after in sport administration from University of Louisville. So what made you want to go to the University of Louisville, and what made you like switch your path from criminal justice to like sport administration mostly? Yeah. Um, so like I said, growing up in Louisville, I, you know, I lived like 20 minutes away from campus for most of my kind of childhood. Um, and so I'd been on campus a lot and it was very comfortable and it kind of felt like home. Um, in-state tuition was also very nice for anyone that's <laughs> looking at, at colleges. Um, but yeah, I just, I felt really, really I kind of fell in love with campus even before I started thinking about colleges and I felt very comfortable there. And then when I did start exploring, okay, what do I want to major in? What do I want to do with my career? Not knowing that I wanted to go in sports right away. 
UofL offered really like a wide variety of things for me to pick from. And so I knew going in that I wasn't going to be limited if I did decide to change my major, change my career path. I knew UofL would kind of offer that flexibility so I could, you know, kind of explore what I liked, what I didn't like. Um, And that very much held up to be true. I changed my major twice or once while I was in undergrad um, and then even changed then my, you know, graduate career. Um, Like you mentioned, I ended up getting my master's in sport administration. I, for a long time, thought that I wanted to go to law school and kind of changed that plan last second as well. Um, So yeah, UofL ended up being a really great kind of launching pad for me to figure out what path I wanted to take. And they were really great about kind of guiding me through that process. So I just really fell in love with kind of the culture of campus and the environment, all of the options that it offered. Um, And then, yeah, making the switch from criminal justice to sport administration on paper looks a little odd, but honestly, looking back, it was a nice kind of transition. Um, Criminal justice offered a lot of, you know, analytical thinking and a lot of writing and a lot of kind of those like pre-business, pre-law sort of things that then translated really well into sport administration, going into then marketing and comms and business writing and all those things you kind of need to know in the sports world. Um, So it ended up being a really kind of nice transition between the two. And it's also, you know, funny now when I apply for jobs or I do interviews like this, it's always the first thing I get asked. They're like, oh, so I see you're a criminal justice major. That's, That's different, but it's cool. Yeah, I guess it makes you stand out a little bit more than from other people, but it's cool that you were able to, like, find your path within the same school, because usually sometimes people have to, like, go to other schools to figure it out, but it's nice that you got to stay at University of Louisville, and you're still there now, so I guess you loved it enough. Yes, yeah, I always joke. They they can't really get rid of me. (laughs) (laughs) So, during your graduate degree, I saw that you were a Louisville Athletics uh, Compliance Graduate Assistant, which is a different um, job title that I've ever heard before. So did you know that you wanted to be a graduate assistant at Louisville after college? And what was your job really entail? Yeah. um, So for me at that time, I was really starting to make the transition. I I knew at that point that I really didn't want to go down the law school career anymore or down that path anymore. Um, And so I was starting to explore sports and then starting to figure out, I'm like, okay, I've narrowed it down to sports, but then I have like 8 million options that fall within working in sports. So now what do I do? Um, so for me, that position was really just kind of exploring and again, kind of figuring out what I liked and what I didn't like. Um, compliance lined up really well for kind of where I was at at that point with school. Like I said, I had done a lot of, you know, kind of analytical projects. I had done a lot of writing at that point. Um, I, you know, had done some contract kind of classes at that point. So for me, compliance was a nice little like kind of bridge into sports, but it was something that I was already familiar with. And I kind of already knew um, since I had come from kind of that pre-law world. And it, it was cool because, you know, compliance, you don't think of it, but it really touches every single department. Like when I was a GA in compliance, there were days where I was talking to coaches. There was days where I was talking to marketing staff. There was days where I was talking to SIDs. And so you kind of got to see this really kind of 360 view of the athletic department. Um, And you were kind of in the center of it a little bit, which was really, really nice for me as I was just kind of trying to figure out and parse out what I wanted to do, what I didn't want to do, which is sometimes more important (laughs) when you're at that stage in your career. Um, But it was cool. So I didn't know going into it that that was going to be kind of the path that I took. But once I got into it, I really ended up enjoying it. It sounds really cool, though, like it 
it I guess with like the compliance like it seems like it bridges well with like criminal justice and like um, understanding things and like reading into things my mom's a lawyer so like I know a little bit about like what it takes and all the writing she does and how she yeah. thinks like so analytically and like does a lot of research so I feel like that would fit well with your art already the stuff you've learned so that seems really nice yeah for sure and what was, like, stuff that you learned during that graduate assistantship that, like, you still feel like you use today and that, that was really helpful at the time? Yeah, um, there's a lot. I think the biggest thing in a lot of this wasn't something that I figured out on my own. I was really fortunate that I had a really strong full-time staff that was teaching me while I was in compliance. Um, and the culture of the office when I worked there was very much... Um, to, to be solution oriented rather than just being like a no person. Cause I think sometimes when you think athletic compliance, especially for people that have worked in college athletics before, the first thing they think of is, Oh, they're the no guys. Like they're the party poopers. They say no to all our fun ideas, but we tried really, really hard. And I, you know, picked up on it very quickly seeing full-time staff doing it where they very rarely outright said no. Most of the time they approached it with, we can't do it that way, but Let's figure out something that we can do that still kind of meets your needs, still hits the goal that you're trying to hit, but we can do it in a way where it's, you know, fair and it follows the rules and it's kind of within our boundaries. And so I picked up on, you know, the fact that that was much more productive than just being the person that you walk in their office and they're like, nope, can't do it. Sorry. And you kind of shut the door in their face. Um, it's a whole lot more productive to be that solution oriented person. So even outside of compliance, you know, in my job now and in my jobs that I've had previously, I try really hard to be intentional about not being the no person. I try to go into every conversation saying, well, maybe we can't quite do it this way, but let's figure out another way to still attain the same goal. Um, so that's definitely something that's, that's stuck with me. Yeah, I feel like that makes a lot of sense because also it's good for like relationship building because if you tell somebody no immediately, like they're probably not going to like you as much because nobody likes to get told no about things that they want to do. So I feel like it's just a good people skill that you learned and also just a good way for like any role to know that like it's better to try to figure out a solution than just like outright being like, nope, we can't do it. Yep, 100%. I remember it was like one of my first days in my in my internship or my GA. Somebody in the office, they said, don't ever be the person that people dread having a meeting with. Because I think we all know that person where it's like their name pops up on your calendar and you're like, oh, God, I do not want to meet with this person. It's going to be awful. It's going to be terrible. So they were like, do everything in your power when you are kind of establishing yourself in your first time job or your first you know, full time job or even internship. Don't be that person that people dread having a meeting with. And I'm always like very intentional. That's always like in the back of my mind. Don't be that person. Don't be that person. Like and it doesn't mean being a pushover. Right. Because I think sometimes, too, especially women in a male dominated field, we immediately think like, oh, OK, I just have to say yes to everything. Be easygoing, be laid back. But it's like, no, you can be assertive and you can say no, but you can you can find other ways to do it where you're still, you know, approachable. Yeah. Um and that's it's a hard skill. It's not easy. And I have not mastered it. But it's something I try to be very intentional about. Yeah, it's definitely I feel like that's always been something hard for me is when I'm like talking to people. And I'm like, I sometimes I'm, I feel like I'm too much of a people pleaser. And I'm just like, yes, of course. And then um, sometimes I can't 
totally figured out right away and I don't think before I just say yes immediately or like I don't think about logistics of like I maybe I can't make this work like it's just <laughs> it's just hard because you want everybody to like like you and and obviously when you're in a workspace like you want everybody to want you to be there and you want to keep your job but it's also hard right. to um make everybody happy yeah, it's a it's a balancing act for sure. And I some days I feel it's like a you take two steps forward and one step back or whatever that expression is. Like some days I'm like, yes, I'm nailing this. I'm really good at this. And then I have a week where I'm like, okay, never mind. I'm not good at this yet. But I'm gonna keep trying and I'm gonna keep working on it. And that's that's all it is for the rest of your career. It will just be continuing to work on it and grow and, and getting better. Yeah, it's all work in progress, but so you've also had experience working with the Louisville Bats in like several different roles. So what are the Louisville Bats exactly and how did you like get started with the organization? Yeah, um, so the Louisville Bats are a minor league affiliate of the Cincinnati Reds. Um, so the the way, you know, baseball kind of farm systems work is you have typically rookie ball all the way up to your major league team. Um, and there's lots of different kind of stops that fall in between. So we were the AAA affiliate, which means we were the kind of the last stop before guys would go on to the Reds, which was really, really cool, um, especially being, you know, in close proximity. We're only about an hour and a half away from Cincinnati. It was cool to see guys kind of come up and down pretty quickly. Um, so yeah, so we were an affiliate of the Cincinnati Reds. I started out with them as a game night intern, which was not super glamorous and it was doing a little bit of everything. Um, and truly that was another position kind of like compliance where I went into it just kind of thinking like, I just want to learn as much as I can. I might hate this job. It might be stressful and it might be a lot, but I want to figure out if I'm going to like it. Um, and if I'm even going to like sports as a whole, that was really kind of my first um, first time fully working in a sports role because I worked there before I was in compliance. Um, and there were some very unglamorous days, a lot of really hot, uh, humid baseball games, standing out on a concourse, running like kids club. Um, but it was really fun. And I still, you know, I'm, I'm close with a lot of other people that I interned with that year and ended up falling in love with the organization, fell in love with minor league baseball, um, and then ended up eventually coming back as a full-time staff member. And is it really true that like you do everything in minor league baseball, like or no matter the position you have? Because I've always heard people say like on my podcast or just people tell me like minor league baseball is like the best place to start because you do learn everything and you figure out what you like. So is it really true coming from somebody that actually did work in it? It, it does ring very true. Um, and it obviously kind of varies between between your organization and what level you're at, too. That makes a huge difference. Um, but yes, that for the most part is pretty true. I also came back. So I started full time with the bats coming out of COVID. Uh, my first game that I actually worked as a full time staff member with the bats was when we went back to full capacity um, after our governor lifted uh, COVID restrictions. And that was like the epitome of getting thrown into the deep end and just figuring out as I went along. I had worked there for about a week full time. And then they're like, all right, tonight is almost sold out. We're at full capacity for the first time in like two years. Go have fun, figure it out. Let us know if you need anything. Um, but part of that too, was that we were rebuilding our staff. Um, Cause we like a lot of, you know, teams and organizations had to put a lot of people on furlough and a lot of those folks found other jobs during that time. Um, and so when I started full time, we had a front office of maybe 10 people, maybe. 
Um, and that was everybody. That was grounds crew. That was ticket sales. That was marketing. Um, that was, you know, interns. Like we were very much building from the ground up. Um, and so it was wearing a lot of hats and doing a lot of things that in a more traditional world, you might've said, well, that's not my job, but you learn pretty quickly in minor league baseball. That's not always the best answer to say that's not my job. Um, but it's good because it, you know, it was how I was able to transition so quickly from a ticket sales account executive into marketing, because while I was an account executive, I was helping a lot with marketing. I was helping run promos. I was helping with some graphic design things and some social media things. So then when there was a space available and I knew that I wanted to go into the marketing route, I was able to come to them and say, look, I've already been doing a lot of this stuff. You don't really even have to train me. I can just kind of transition into it. Um, so it, it is hard at times and it, it is hard to kind of find that boundary of, you know, am I doing too much? Am I putting too much onto my plate? But if you can find it, if you can balance it, um, it does end up kind of helping you in the long run, being able to then sort of just transition easily between positions. Yeah, I feel like that really worked out for you that you got to do so many different things because I, I know I hear like a lot of stories about people that like you only really get stuck in one little thing or sometimes you do everything. So you never really know when you take the job, but it's cool that you got to experience like actually have like that on your resume and be able to say like, oh, like I actually did do this even at the position I was at and then you got to like move up eventually and it really seemed to work out for you. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it worked out okay. Mm -hmm. And I, I always tell people now, like when they're kind of exploring, they're trying to figure out what they want to do in sports. I'm like, if you have a minor league baseball team near you, any level, just give it a shot, try it. Even if you know nothing about baseball, you can learn as you go. Um, because it is such a great ex learning experience to be able to go in. And again, it varies from, you know, organization to organization. But most of the time, if you go in and say, I'm willing to try a little bit of everything. I want to figure out what I'm good at. I want to figure out, you know, where I kind of fit. They are more than happy to let you try multiple things and and kind of help where it's needed. Um, so I always, that's like the biggest piece of career advice I give people is if you know you want to be in sports, but you're still trying to kind of figure out your niche, minor league baseball, it's the way to go. You will find a niche very quickly. <laughs> that's really amazing. And so now I kind of want to transition into um, the job you hold right now. And I'm really excited to hear about your new position since it's something I haven't discussed on this podcast or heard much about in general. And you're the director of operations at 502 Circle, which is really awesome. Congratulations. And what exactly is um, 502 Circle? Yeah, thank you. Um, so 502 Circle is the NIL collective for U of L Athletics. Um, and NIL stands for Name, Image, and Likeness. Um, so essentially the easiest version of that is it's student athletes ability to make money off of being an athlete. Um, for a long time, NCAA rules said that, you know, if you were a, a collegiate student athlete, you were not allowed to, you know, be like a social media influencer. You couldn't make any kind of money off of your name and off of the fact that you were an athlete. Um, and just within the last couple of years, that rule has pretty much gone away completely. Um, so student athletes now still with some restrictions and some guidelines are able to make money off of being an athlete and, you know, being a, a notable name in their community. Um, so for the collective, we work kind of side by side with the university. People always ask, they're like, oh, so you work for U of L? It's like, no, not quite. I'm kind of this like third party guy over to the side. Um, but we work really closely with the university and still with the compliance department. Um, 
And we essentially work as the middleman between businesses or organizations that are in our city that want to work with student athletes. Um, and so they come to us and we kind of help them negotiate that deal, making sure that, you know, the student athlete is being paid fairly, making sure that the company is getting what they paid for. Um, and we kind of work as, like I said, kind of that middleman, um, which is new and cool. And we're kind of learning as we go. Yeah, and I know you just started this position like four months ago, but what has it like been like so far? Yeah, it's it's been great. It's been a little bit of a whirlwind starting out. The nice part is um, I started during the summer, really, um, once kids were already off campus and kind of back home for the summer for the most part. So we got a little bit of a... Um, a taxiway before football started and basketball and all of, you know, kind of the, the hurrah of the fall semester starting, which is really exciting now that we're starting to get into that season. Um, but it was kind of nice getting to start out slow and just kind of figuring out, okay, what does this look like with our staff? We started out with a staff of two. Now we have a third person that just started full-time with the collective. So we're kind of figuring out what that looks like. And at the same time, we're figuring out, you know, what, what does NIL look like in Louisville? Because people are figuring out very quickly, it looks different city to city and school to school. Um, and so it's cool that we kind of get to figure that out for ourselves, what that looks like in Louisville, because nobody has really done it in Louisville on this scale before. So it's been a lot of, we use the phrase a lot, um, we're kind of building the airplane as we fly it, <laughs> which can be a little scary some days, but it's also really cool to kind of get to start something from scratch. You don't really have that feeling of like, oh, we've always done it this way. This is how they've always done it. Let's just stick with that. Like there is none of that. We are literally, there's no manual. We're kind of writing the manual right now. So it's been cool. It's been a big test in like trusting myself and trusting my gut and trusting the people around me. Um, but I, I think it's it's gone well so far. Yeah, that sounds like super fun because normally like when you work in sports, it's like for like an organization that already has like a lot of roles filled, like you're kind of just like trying to fill your position or you're working for like a another person like that you're normally you're just like filling a specific role, but you get to really like create, especially like, is this your coming in? Is this school year like your first year of having it or have you had it like previously? Yeah, so last school year, the collective did exist. It was operating on a much smaller scale. Um, it was pretty much just our founder who is based out of Atlanta. Um, he was pretty much running it um, remotely. And he also, we still do, we have a, a board of directors and a board of former student athletes who have been super instrumental in kind of getting it off the ground and getting it to where it is now. They laid a really nice foundation for us. So that way when myself and our president um, and our development coordinator who works with us now once we came in full time, we had a little bit of a platform to, to kind of go off of, which was great. Um, but yeah, this will be our first school year really running at 120%. So it'll it'll be interesting to see what we do and kind of see some ideas we come up with, but it should be a fun year. Yeah, that sounds super fun. You get to like figure everything out as you go and you really get to get the first foundation going for the first school year. It's always hard when you do it for the first time, but it sounds like it'll be really exciting. And since it's so new and it's going to probably help so many student athletes at the school. Yeah, that's our hope. <laughs> that's the goal. And what is it like working in the NIL space since it's like so new? Like, it's not like so new, but like still, especially like, I guess, like you said, you're just starting it. Like, like, is it hard to, like, figure out, like, all the rules? Like, I feel like your criminal justice background could probably come into play, like, with all the reading and making sure you're following all the rules. But what is it like since it's, like, very different and new for these colleges and student-athletes? 
Yeah, uh, definitely, you know, reading and just trying to change it or keep up with what's constantly changing because it does kind of change day to day. Um, so that's been a big piece for me is just sort of staying on top of it. I think really the biggest thing it's taught me is to continue to be flexible and to know that, you know, you can have the best laid plans. You can have this great marketing plan all set up, all these events set in stone. And then one thing will change and you kind of have to go back and, and rework some things. Um, and that is something that I'm not naturally good at. I like to have my, my plan. I'm very type A in that. So that's been a big lesson for me, um, you know, to be able to go in and kind of change plans on the fly as needed. I think that's that's been the biggest thing. But yeah, it's it's also comforting to know that it's not just us kind of trying to figure it out as we go. Like you said, it's it's every school. Nobody has done this before, at least, you know, not they weren't doing it three or four years ago. Um, and so it's been really cool to be able to have conversations with other collectives and with other schools and say, OK, how are you handling this situation? What are you guys doing about this? Um, and being able to kind of collaborate in that way, kind of borrow some ideas from people. We see that, you know, all across the board of somebody does something really cool, it takes off and everybody's like, oh my gosh, we got to do that too. It's great. Um, but it's cool because then you can kind of find a way to replicate it in a way that, again, makes sense for your team and for your student athletes and kind of put your own spin on it. So it's it's been cool to see some of those things pop up and have some of those conversations and, again, know that everybody's kind of learning with you is a is a nice feeling yeah it all sounds like really fun since it's such like a new space like people don't haven't really done it before what do you like mainly do as like the director of operations like i know you haven't really gone through like a full school year yet but like what do you see like that your role is like mainly filling yeah um so like i mentioned we have a our full-time president who mainly handles a lot of our fundraising and i kind of refer to it as like the front of house things um he kind of serves as like the face of the collective he goes to a lot of you know the donor events talks with them talks with boosters things like that um so he is having most of those conversations i kind of handle most of the back of house things so i handle a lot of our paperwork our payment processing um again making sure you know student athletes are where where they need to be, when they're supposed to be there. Um, I also run all of our social media, our marketing, um, and then I do our special events as well. Um, so we had a fundraiser about a month ago now, it was the beginning of July, we had like a top golf outing. Um, so I, you know, was predominantly focused on handling the back end of that, you know, setting up the venue, setting up the catering, things like that, things you don't really think of. Um, so I do a lot of the, the back of house kind of production side of things. Um, which is really fun. That's kind of my wheelhouse. I've always said, you know, I was never the first person to go to the big like networking donor events where you're like talking to people all day long. That's just not my strong suit. Uh, so coming in, we had a lot of conversations pretty early of like, I'll handle the back of house. You got the front of house and it's going to be great. And we'll balance each other out nicely. <laughs> Yeah, I always, I feel like there's always, like, the two types of people in sports, like, some people like to be, like, in front of the camera or just, like, talking to people, and then there's the people that like to be a little more, like, behind the scenes, like, I, I like, I like a little bit of both, I like the behind the scenes mostly, but, like, I do like doing my podcast and, like, talking to people, so it goes both ways, I guess, sometimes. Yeah, it's always nice to have a, like I said, good balance of both. <laughs> yeah, and what's, like, your favorite part about, like, your job and getting to, like, work at Louisville and which, and even though you don't, like, work for the University of Louisville, but, like, still associated with, like, your alma mater, which must be so fun? Yeah, it definitely, it adds more of, like, an emotional element to it. There is this piece where I go into work every day of, like, 
I want to do a good job, not just because I want to be good at my job and to do it for me, but there is definitely that piece of like, I want to help my alma mater and I want to help, you know, student athletes that are at the same university that I was. And so there is more of that emotional piece to it. Um, it's been really fun. I'm really fortunate that, you know, my time while I was a GA and my time as a student at UofL, I made a lot of really great connections with folks there. And so I still get to interact with them pretty much on a daily basis. I'm on campus all the time. So I get to see them. I get to have those conversations and, and stay connected. So that part has been like a dream come true for me that I, you know, never really had to leave home. That part was really cool. What are you like most looking forward to for this upcoming school year? Yeah, I think there's just going to be a lot of new. Um, so we have a lot of exciting things that are kind of in the pipeline with events or like different collaborations we want to do. And we're trying really hard to go into it with a mindset of not being afraid to fail. Like we really just kind of want to try everything. And if it doesn't work out super well, then we know for next time that it wasn't a success. But we're hoping going in, obviously, that we'll end up kind of finding some gold mines and some things that we want to continue to do every single year. Um, and I think this year there's just a lot of excitement with our fans and with donors and with even student athletes coming into it. Um, we've had a couple of events already uh, on campus and working with with some of the folks in athletics. And there's just this like little buzz where people know that this is new and it's exciting. And so I think that's going to continue to kind of carry out throughout the school year, I hope, as as more sport, sports kind of get started. Obviously, everyone right now is hyped about football, but then immediately after football, you know, we have our soccer starting, we have all these other sports. Basketball feels like a super far away, but we're going to blink and like it'll be basketball season already too. So um, I, I think it'll be good. I think we're excited about that feeling kind of continuing throughout the school year. I always feel like, I swear, the winter sports always start earlier and earlier every year because they'll, because it's also yeah. like they intersect so much with football. And if you have like, and if you have like two big sports at your school, like not every school always has like one, some schools have one over the other, but if you're like two big ones and it's just very like push, like you feel like you're like an explosion of a lot going on at once. Yes. Yeah. It'll, uh, if we thought the summer was crazy, I feel like once we get into like October, November, it's just going to be <laughs> chaos, but it'll be good chaos. It's a good problem to have. Yeah, always a good problem. And what do you like to see in the future for yourself as well? Yeah, I, it's hard because if you had asked me, you know, three years ago, what I saw, I would not have said NIL. I would have been like, what's NIL? Um, <laughs> but uh, I don't, I don't know. I, the marketing and the events side of, of sports is what has really kind of caught my interest the last few years. And it's what I feel like I'm good at. So, you know, no matter where NIL goes in the next few years, I continue to, to see it expanding and just getting bigger than it already is. Um, so hopefully that's kind of the path we go down. But um, I always said like dream job. Once I knew that I wanted to be in sports and this is what I was supposed to do, I said, you know, VP of marketing for a baseball team. I was like, if I get there, that's what's on the dream board. That's what's what's all over my Pinterest. So if I get there one day, be phenomenal. But uh, we'll we'll see. I think the next few years will be exciting for sure. Yeah. Manifestation is always great. It's always great to put your feelings out there. I'm so big into that. I have like inspo walls of like all like different women working in sports and like what I hope to achieve. So I always believe like manifestation is good as long as you put in the hard work. 100%. Again, you got to have a mix of both.
yeah and i also get the love of marketing and fan experience that's like my favorite stuff to work in too like as of right now i haven't even started college yet so i'm hoping hoping i'll figure it all out but i'm excited to figure it out but i think marketing and fan experience is really fun so i definitely get that that's awesome well good well yeah keep exploring and i feel like i've broken record i always preach it but like figure out what you don't like first. Cause those are the things you go into it and you're like, Oh my God, I hated this. I thought I was going to love this. Not that that will be your experience, but I always just tell people like, try a little bit, pretend you're at a buffet, try a little bit of everything, take a bite, take, you know, try ticket sales, try development. If you hate it, now you know, and then you get to try something else. Yeah. I'll probably one day be working on some random like game night staff and figure out that I hate this part or I like this part. But the last thing that I always do on my podcast is I always do a game of this or that where you get to pick between two things. So are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Football or basketball? Oh, football. Okay. Snow or sun? Snow. A beach or pool? Ooh, beach. Sweet or spicy? spicy day or night night and the penultimate question waffles or pancakes oh my gosh okay I was not ready for this one um I'm gonna go waffles which might be controversial I hope it's not but no waffles waffles are always my pick every every, all the listeners know that I I'm always team waffles but why are you team waffles (sighs) there's just something like okay I'm gonna this is a really stupid answer but it's like the um, not convenience. That's not the word I'm looking for, but like you can put toppings on it. If you put toppings on a pancake, it's a mess. It goes everywhere. And I'm like the sloppiest eater I know. So if I eat pancakes with toppings, it's a disaster. It's game over. But waffles, it like keeps it condensed. It's like nice and clean. It's very, it's like the type A breakfast food. And I'm fine with that. I love a type A breakfast. Um, so yeah, that's my argument for waffles and I'm sticking to it. No, I definitely agree. I love that they have a little <laughs> holes so that you can, yes. um, have the perfect amount everywhere. And like, you could just like, it's just always perfect. And it's so much easier to eat. I, I just, I just love waffles, but, um, that's actually it for the interview. Thank you so much for coming on. And would you just be able to share where everybody could find you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you can find me on Twitter. I'm trying threads. I'm not very good at threads, um, but I do have a Twitter. I do have an Instagram. I'm just uh, Samantha.Delf, I think, on everything. Um, but yeah, I, I don't ever post anything like super cool or super fun. So don't come in with high expectations. But <laughs> yeah, and definitely check out 502 Circle and yes. support that as well. Definitely recommend. Yes. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Girl Boss. Make sure to share this podcast with your friends and family. That would be greatly appreciated. Our podcast is available on Anchor, Spotify, Overcast, and Apple Podcasts. And please rate our podcast five stars and review it so more people can listen just like you. Definitely check out our Instagram and TikTok at Any with an S. And you can check out Samantha on Twitter and Instagram at Samantha.Delf and 502Circle on Instagram. And just let me know if you guys like the music um, that's behind the outro and intro. I want to try something different since I've kind of done the same formula since I started this podcast. So just let me know if you like it. And I'll see you guys next time. Bye.